Jeff Rubin Show. I am your host, Jeff Rubin, and this week's episode is going to be a conversation I had with the Daily What editor, Nitsan Zimmerman. The Daily What is a website that every day tells you what you need to be looking at on the internet that day, and that includes both funny sketches and viral videos, but also news items, really whatever people are talking about. And I wanted to talk to Nitsan because I love the website. It's something I look at every single day. It's something many, many people I know look at every single day, but I don't totally know how to explain it any better than what I already said. So I'm going to let Nitsan do that right now. And my monitor doesn't blink, but when it does, I flip on the What exactly is the daily what? It's sort of indescribable in many ways, but uh, I'd say it's uh, it tries to be uh, an all-encompassing uh, weather vane for internet culture. That means uh, both tracking and also trying to be uh, ahead of the curb in some ways. I mean, it's it's it it tries to be a lot of different things at once, uh, but mostly it's about. Um, seeing what is going on in the world, especially in terms of, of online discussions and uh, filtering out the most interesting parts of it or the parts that would be uh, the most relevant to the largest audience uh, and then posting about those things. The word I haven't heard you use yet is blog. I think maybe a lot of people would be tempted to describe it as blog. Do you think that's fair? Um, I try to stay away from that word. I feel like it has it's a dirty uh, it, word. Well, it's it's taken on some negative connotations. I think, uh, uh, for better or worse. I, I mean, it really depends who you ask, who you talk to. In the circles that I travel, I say people try to uh, shy away from from calling themselves bloggers. It it it, it tends to uh, attract a lot of. Uh, uh, scorn, I'd say, but uh, you know, it, it, for the most part, I don't myself really know what that means. I don't really know what a blog is, uh, in the sense that um, it, it, it can be many things and it can be nothing. So I'd rather just let the site speak for itself. People can call it a blog if they want. People can call it an online newspaper. Uh, they can call it any any number of things as long as they visit the site and enjoy it. I let the content speak for itself. Just to give a sense of the scale of this operation, how popular is the Daily What? It, it, it's pretty high. Uh, I mean, in terms of, of the daily traffic, I'd say, um, you know, among the sites that you would consider to be larger on on the internet. I mean, it, it's not on the scale of Huffington Post, but it definitely. Uh, it goes head to head with some of the, the larger sites out there, and it gets uh, read. Like you are uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Like uh, I think a lot of people do this, but your site is maybe I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's the number one Tumblr on Tumblr. Uh, again, I, I mean those numbers aren't public in the sense that I wouldn't be able to compare it, but uh, I'd say looking at figures that have been released publicly that I have seen. Uh, I would say that might be accurate. Uh, based on uh, uh, articles that I've read uh, in the New York Times and uh, uh, various other places that, uh, where those numbers have been published, uh, I would say that that could be accurate, but I don't want to say that. I, I don't want you to, to hold me to it. But if you had to estimate, and this is, and this is not a number anyone can measure, but if there's a video out there and you want to share it with the world, how many extra people do you think see it because you put it on your site? 
Uh, well, I mean, again, it really depends on on the video. I mean, you could probably pretty easily measure that uh, in terms of if it's a, if it's a YouTube video. You could look at the before and after numbers. I've seen videos posted on the Daily What go from 600 views to 100,000 views. And most of those views, um, I would say, uh, did come from the Daily What just based on the YouTube metrics and the metrics that they make, make available publicly. Um, but again, uh, it really depends on the video. I'd say that is something that would not be uncommon if if you if a video was posted to the daily what I would say that that you could expect to see uh, a few tens of thousands uh, additional views uh, than than what you previously had and with the internet being what it is of course if an extra ten thousand people share that opens up the potential for an extra hundred thousand people share when those Absolutely. ten thousand people share with those friends but this is what makes what you do so interesting to me. Because you're almost, and I don't know if you ever thought of it this way, but you are almost uh, like what a DJ used to be in the 70s. You, you are like a hit maker, you know? And uh, like that scene in that thing you do where they put the song on the radio and they're like, their song's on our radio. I feel like right. the modern day equivalent of that is someone being like, our video's on the Daily What? That's you. That's really, uh, I mean, that, that, I guess that's a good analogy in the sense that um, it, it is about uh, curating uh, content that, would, that wouldn't necessarily be visible uh, otherwise. And I think that a, a lot of people do come to appreciate that. And I do get, uh, uh, you know, many, many uh, people sending me their content that they want to have posted on the Daily Web because they do see it as being uh, a measure of success. Uh, so I would say, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of that happening. But at the same time, uh, it really is still, even now, even though it's under uh, under the umbrella of of the Cheeseburger Network. It's you've been, still, you've, can you explain what that means? That is a very funny statement if you don't know what it means. Can you explain what that means really quick? Uh, the Cheeseburger Network is a collective of, of websites that are owned by a company in Seattle called Pet Holdings, uh, which include... Uh, Lolcats, if you've ever if you've ever seen Lolcats, I'm sure you have if you've been on the internet. For if any- you're listening to this show, there's a very good chance they've at yes. one point seen a Lolcat. I would say so. Uh, fail blog is another very large one. Sort of started the whole fail trend, making fail a a, a word in itself. Uh, I would say they they contributed largely to that. Um, uh, those those sites that sort of deal with with uh, uh, niche uh, um, content. That has to do with a single topic uh, that that is sort of um, you know uh, sort of a bite-sized uh, entertainment of sorts. You you come to the site knowing what to expect. You see a cat. You see somebody failing. You move on to the next thing. That sort of thing. So uh, within that uh, in that under that umbrella, the daily what fits in by being uh, sort of selective in choosing various uh, internet. Uh, it, it, it's sort of bite-sized internet. Uh, funny videos and, and images and, and things of that nature. Um, so that's that's sort of why the Cheeseburg Network uh, decided to bring on the Daily What. But uh, getting back to my point, the, even though the, the the Daily What is now associated with the Cheeseburger Network, it's still about me being out there choosing things that I think are interesting, that I think are funny, that I think people will like to see and, and hear and read. Um, because you are the only person operating the site. The Daily What exactly. is you. It's That's just right. you. That's I, right. There's lots of sites that attempt to do what you're doing, you know, kind of separate the wheat from the chaff on the internet. 
lots of people are trying to do it. And not just places like Dig and Reddit, but I think even Google is really, that's exactly what they're attempting to do. What makes your site special? Like, what makes it, how, what is your approach to that problem? Well, everything, I, I mean, it, it, the reason a lot of people get into this business, I'd say, is because there's just so much out there. Uh, and people are looking for someone to sift through it for them so they don't have to go out and do it themselves. That's really what it comes down to. And um, it's sort of, you know, it's the same idea behind journalism or, you know, newsprint where you have uh, somebody, a gatekeeper, basically out there doing the work for you. They go out, they, they find out the stories that they think that you w- would be interested in, they put it in print, and then you read it. Obviously, a lot more is going on out there. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. and, it, but in it, your case, instead of news, they're cat videos. Right. Well, uh, on the internet, I mean, if you want to get into internet culture, and we can get into that later, I mean, it's something that's that obviously will require another uh, you know few hours i'd say to, you know it maybe scratch the surface but uh it's a completely different culture from anything that exists outside of it uh, i mean the people inside the internet they see themselves differently well for a variety of reasons but again not getting into that too much uh for the daily what uh, i wanted to bring some of that outside uh, uh, the, the, the appeal of the newspaper, whatever made the newspaper worth reading for so many years that, that obviously uh, people rely on and depend on it to get their information on a daily basis. I wanted to bring that into the Internet. I wanted to create uh, sort of the, the journalistic integrity that newspapers are perceived to have, but bring that into the Internet where, uh, y- you know, you had a lot of websites that were compiling various uh, you know, funny junk and, and so forth. But nobody was really taking the time to look for the context, to find out, to really uh, give things the, the you know, the, the, the gravity that I felt they needed, even if it was just a silly cat video. You know, uh, you know who, who created this video? Did they have a reason for creating this video? Uh, is it associated with some sort of ad campaign? Looking into everything and being very thorough, uh, I think, you know, I thought was very necessary because it was, uh, there wasn't as much of it when the Daily What started in 2008. This is something that I'm proud that we have to ask a lot of the guests on this show, but this is your full-time job, right? This is how you're paying the rent? Yes, that is correct. So what is your, what is your work day like? What happens? How do you do this? Well, um, every day is sort of a, sort of a blank slate. That's, that's sort of what attracted me to this in the first place. I mean, even before I was getting paid. Um, Did you start doing this? I, let me, I started to interrupt. I assumed, and I, I don't even know why I would assume this, but that you, this started as something of a passion project for you and then ballooned into a business. Is that true? Or did you start this saying, I can make money, I can make this my job? Absolutely not. No. Uh, I, I basically, I've been blogging, or, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, for, for uh, since, since I logged onto the internet, uh, since Angel Fire, since GeoCities. How young were you? Like, how, how old are you now? And how old were you when you got the internet? Well, I'm 29. Uh, I, I first logged on. I first logged on in 1994, um, mm-hmm. and that uh, before then I was using BBSs. I, I mean, I've been. Oh, so you go way back. Oh yeah, my grandmother got me my first uh, uh, 2400 baud modem in '92, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know I've been hooked ever since. So nice. I've been online for a while. I think you and I, and maybe certain other people born in the early '80s, are very fortunate in that. We grew up with computers. Oh, not everyone did, but, you know, 
people like you and I grew up using computers, so we still speak internet almost as if it were a language, but we can also remember a time before pictures of cats using bad grammar was almost mainstream. Yeah, I, I mean, I bring some of that into the daily what, I think, because... Uh, I do want there to be sort of a time capsule in a sense where people will be able to to look back and say, oh, well, this clearly wasn't invented by, you know, so-and-so. This this has been around for a while. So uh, the Daily What is almost like, uh, um, forgive me for using the word blog, but it's almost like the blog of record. I, I you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of, uh, put that label on myself, but if you want to put it on the day, what uh, you know, more than more than happy to oblige. I'm putting it on you. This is on me. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Inter- so you started this just as a hobby, or you've just been doing right. it forever almost. That's right. I, I mean, you know, as I said, this is this is sort of just continuing something that's been going on for a very long time. That I've, uh, you know, it's just me online sharing stuff that I find with, you know, whoever is out there. I mean, it could be just my, my personal circle of friends. It could be five million people. I mean, it really wouldn't matter because uh, it, it's the same approach every time. I find something that I personally find interesting and want to share, and then I put it online for people to see and enjoy. The only difference is that I, I do take it a little bit more serious now because I want, I want there to be that, that extra bit of context that maybe people don't take the time to, to add in um, if they were just posting a video on Facebook or, or something, you know, to share with their mother or their grandmother. But here, it's really, you know, taking a more journalistic approach to that that sort of ephemeral internet junk that people come across uh, to to give it, a, you know, to give it that that bit of staying power, uh, or at least having some place where at one time somebody recorded the history of this video or this uh, image or whatever it might be. So that somebody might come along and say, well, well, clearly this is where it started, this is how it happened, and so forth. So now that this is a full-time gig for you and you're not just doing it as a hobby, what is your day like? Has it changed at all? Um, it's changed in that I don't have to go to work. Uh, I mean, I don't have to go to another job and basically uh, sneak in... Uh, sneaking cat videos, you know, in between uh, data entry. I mean, that's the only thing that's really changed is, uh, you know, before I had to worry about my boss looking over my shoulder, whereas now I'm I'm free to look at cat videos as much as I like. Do you give yourself like nine to five hours though? Absolutely not. No, uh, as long as as long as I'm awake, I'm posting. I mean, essentially, you know, from the moment I wake up at, at about seven o'clock in the morning, seven thirty, uh, to about you know one o'clock at night, two o'clock uh, sometimes. Uh, you know, I'm posting. I'm in front of the computer posting. Uh, you never know when that next big story is going to hit. That's that's really what it's about. It's about uh, you know being around to make sure that everything is covered and make sure that that you're you, you know if you are giving yourself um, this this uh, th- this responsibility, uh, basically saying I am in charge of covering the internet. You can't really go in half-assed. You have to be able to do it, uh, you know, uh, whole hog, and you have to be able to commit to it. And that means sometimes sacrificing, you know, uh, an evening out maybe. But at the same time, people uh, know that they can turn to you when something is going on and know that you'll be on top of it. I'm fascinated just by <laughs> doing this as a job. So you wake up and you're already at your office. Right. What what do you do? How do you do this? How I move from my you, bed to my uh, to my lazy boy. Uh, how do you like? How do you stay on top of the internet? Um, 
Well, I, I mean, I have, I, I'm basically spread out all over. I have, uh, I have my Twitter feed going. I have my reader uh, pinging me anytime somebody's, uh, you know, any, any one of the websites that I follow anytime a new post gets published. Uh, you know, I have Facebook going. Um, I have a bunch of other social networks going. Uh, you know, basically just tracking everybody all the time. And what you do is you find those uh, influencers, right? You find those people who clearly matter more than others, and then you make it your job to track them and make sure that you're you're staying on top of what they're doing. Uh, and it could come from, and the next big thing can come from anywhere. And that's that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of the internet is anybody can be a star, uh, and and the next big thing can come from anywhere. So you have to be able to be on top of anything that's going on or anything that people are talking about. And to do that, you have to know where most of the conversations are taking place. So you find the largest websites, uh, you find the, the, the Twitter accounts with the most influence, um, and you make sure that you're reading them as long as you're awake, uh, as long as you're up, as long as you're in front of the computer. You make sure that everything that they say, you're, you, know what, you know what it is, you know if it matters or not, you know if you should take that and run with it, uh, or if you should ignore it and move on to the next thing. I wouldn't ask you for all the websites you're reading because I feel like that's like your special sauce. But <laughs> in a way, yeah. who who are some of those influencers? Give me give me a good example. Like who is a major person who is an influencer on this broad canvas of the internet? Well, there there is an element of, of secret sauce to it, but I'd say uh, the way that I keep it, um, the, the way that I, that I handle um, the the levels of influence is by tagging various websites with the amount of influence that I feel, for whatever reason, uh, they have. Uh, so in my reader, you'll find a variety of groups, and each group will be tagged uh, by a different tier of influence, so that I know if a certain website, let's say if it's a Gawker-level website, right? If something hits a Gawker-level website, that means clearly either uh, uh, it's, it's big enough to, to be important to Gawker, which means I should already know about it, or it's about to become very large because they have a very large audience. And even if it's something that people weren't aware of necessarily before, they're definitely aware of it now and I definitely should be on top of it. Then once you go down to the next tier, you find websites that people that aren't necessarily on a lot of people's radars but are, uh, are good at providing high-quality content historically and therefore they, they're, uh, I've, I've added them to my reader. Um, these are websites that do a great job of curating the internet, but for, for whatever reason, don't have as many readers as, as say, uh, a Gizmodo uh, or a Kotaku or, or, or one of those larger websites uh, that people w would normally uh, say as an example of a large website, like Boing Boing or, or Nidorama, any one of those sites that would come to mind. These are websites that do, ver uh, that do similar things, but they're not, for whatever reason, haven't been able to ride that wave uh, into a into larger traffic, um, so I still make sure that I know what those websites are, so that when they do post quality content, that means this is some, this is content that's about to become interesting to someone in the in the in the upper tier, and that person better be me before it's somebody else. Uh, and then you move down from there, and then you go down to the bottom tiers, which are websites that collect various images that you find on on pick dumps or 4chan any any uh image board that posts random images that aren't necessarily sourced or don't necessarily have a lot of context but could potentially 
be uh, viral in nature, uh, and it's still important to keep tabs on those websites to make sure that you're not missing anything. So all in all, I'd say I have about a thousand websites or so that I track on a regular basis uh, in a variety of tiers, which means I pay attention to the upper levels more than the lower levels, but everything, every single thing gets read in, in the same day that it's posted. Nothing is ever carried over into another day. Everything is read. If I, I don't go to sleep until my reader is completely empty, until I know everything that's in there. At that point, I can shut up the computer and go to sleep. That's, at that point, I can walk away from the internet for a few hours. Right, for about five hours. <laughs> Wake up and do the whole thing all over again. What's the longest you've ever been away from the internet over the past, say, five years? As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I just went on what I would call vacation. Probably normal people would not call this vacation because it did involve a lot of work. Um, but I did manage to step away from the computer for about 10 hours at a time, which was groundbreaking for me. It was, it was very, very difficult. I had my smartphone in my pocket. I had the Twitter going. I had, you know, making sure that I wasn't missing anything. That doesn't uh, count. That's still on the internet. Twitter's yeah, I, the I, internet. I, like I said, most people would not count this being away from the computer, but for me, it was hell on earth. I, I mean, it, it, it's surprising that I lasted that long. It was one of the worst weeks in my life, even though it was supposed to be one of the most relaxing. I had a horrible time, but, you know, with addicts, that's the way it goes. It was withdrawal for the entire week. It was very difficult. Do you think you're addicted to the Internet? I would say so. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, I think you wouldn't trust this sort of content to someone who wasn't. I mean, like I said before, there's a commitment involved in, in, this, in, in this type of activity. Uh, you know, if, if you take on yourself, if you call yourself a curator or a gatekeeper of Internet culture, you have to mean it. And, you know, that has to mean something. And for me, that means always being on top of what people are talking about. So, you know, on the one hand, I'd say there is, you know, there is that element of responsibility which I take seriously. And then on the other hand, there, there's also the element of fun, of pleasure. I enjoy it. I like being involved. I like knowing what people are talking about. I like being part of the conversation. I like influencing conversations. I, you know, I, that, that's, a, that's a large part of it. I like people taking something that I've said and then reusing it in their own way or commenting on it. Uh, you know, it, it makes you feel like, like there's interaction going on with people you know, who you wouldn't, wouldn't normally interact with. Uh, you know, that's something that the Internet provides that you wouldn't be able to, to, to find anywhere else uh, or before the Internet even. So right now I'm, I'm taking advantage of it. Uh, you know, that's, that's the way I see it. I perceive it as being uh, part of the conversation, influencing the conversation, and motivating new conversations that didn't exist before and, you know, I love it. I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I feel like you're showing, like, serious signs of addiction. Like, do you, <laughs> do you lie to people that you haven't been on the Internet when you have? Well, anybody who knows me knows that at any given time, if they don't see me, if they, if they, are, if they are not in my presence, I'm probably online. Uh, so, the, I mean, the, as far as my identity you know for people who who are you know are familiar with me who know me who know me personally my family my friends they have come to accept this as as part of who i am they, you know this is this is something that i do this is this is my personality this is my identity and 
uh, you know, if they if they don't like it, then they don't have to come over and you know watch me uh, type away on my computer. That's 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 uh, sort of my attitude. You do sound like an addict. You're like, it's not my problem. It's theirs. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I think that. Of all the things to be addicted to, this is probably the least harmful. Uh, I mean, you know, I'd say if I had to be addicted to something, I'd rather be addicted to information than be addicted to drugs or alcohol or, or anything of that uh, of that nature that uh, could poten- potentially damage you physically. This obviously might have some physical repercussions. I mean, the lack of sleep, obviously, and, and uh, carpal tunnel syndrome and things of that nature, but... Ultimately, I do feel like I go to sleep every night having gained something, having learned something. And that's ultimately what I feel, you know, we're here for. Uh, So I I personally don't have a problem. I think as long as you're able to add something to yourself every day, I think you you should be happy with whatever it is you're doing. What are you looking for when you're looking for things to post on the site? What makes something worthy of being on the Daily What? Uh, that's, that's a tricky question. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've, ha- people have asked me this question before. It's not an easy question to answer. And, and uh, I would uh, sincerely doubt it. Um, if, if someone had a good answer for that, that was doing something similar to, to what I, to what I do. Um, it, when you see it, you know it. Uh, that's essentially it. I mean, for, for the internet, um, when you see something come up and something goes viral, uh, a lot of the times you look at it and you say, I did not expect that to go viral. If it's, a, if it's an image of a cat uh, that has a Pop-Tart body and is shooting rainbows out of its uh, behind set to music created by uh, a digital uh, Japanese pop star, uh, you know, these are things that don't make sense to anyone if you say them out loud, if they're not part of the internet, if they don't know... If they don't know on a personal level, what you mean, if you say these words to someone, they will not understand you. They will think that you have gone nuts and there's no way anything remotely uh, uh, like that, resembling that, is popular. But you go online and you see Pop-Tart Cat and you immediately understand it. You immediately get it. And that's coming back to the whole internet culture thing. There's something that's going online online that, that... is not is not does not make intrinsic sense um, to someone if you have to explain it on an academic level, and that's why it becomes so difficult to explain to someone what makes a good video or a good image uh, or a good post because it might not make a lot of sense to you, and you might not know in advance what the next thing is going to be until you see it, uh, and it it has happened to me a few times. Uh, unfortunately, that I have seen things and have scoffed, and it turns out that that went on to be something that rather large that everyone found amusing, while I just didn't get. What's a good? Uh, what's an example of that? What's something that you initially were not that excited about, but then later blew up? Let me t- let me tell you something. Okay, so the reason I don't necessarily have a good response is because um, every every single thing that I post. Uh, is something that I have uh, come to the conclusion will be successful. So I sort of take myself out of the equation and say, I am I'm willing to accept anything and everything that the Internet throws at me. 
whether I understand it, whether I think it's funny, whether I think it has a shot of being anything long term, I have removed myself and accepted that the internet will be itself and things might not make sense all the time, but the less something makes sense, probably that is to its benefit. And that's, that's sort of what I've, I've, come, uh, I've come to understand over time. And that's why I don't pass judgment a lot on a lot of things. And I'd say a lot of things that I post on a regular basis, I might not personally enjoy, but that has nothing to do with whether or not I think it will be successful uh, as, as uh, a piece of internet ephemera. That's, that's a separate thing. And I think that uh, the only way to be, uh, to be a quality curator is to not judge things before you post them, but let them just exist out there in, in the internet sphere and let other people do the judging. Uh, and because that's, it's impossible that's, to predict. Exactly. There's, there's really no way to predict in advance whether something, I, I mean truly predict whether something will be successful. You can use certain, uh, you can use certain criteria to assume whether something will be successful or not uh, based on history, seeing things that have gone viral before and saying, well, this is likely to go viral because uh, it has g- similar traits to things that have gone viral previously, uh, and then it, it may succeed, it may not. But you have increased the odds that it will succeed by understanding history, by knowing the things that have come before, uh, and by not judging something in advance as being uh, worthy or not worthy, but letting the readers do that for you. And, uh, you know, uh, things, things like, uh, for instance, Rebecca Black, okay? So uh, uh, the, the Daily What is, you know, proud, I'd say, in, in some ways, uh, being that it does uh, attempt to stand at the forefront of Internet culture, um, is proud that it was one of the first sites to recognize Rebecca Black as being uh, absolutely a, fucking hysterical, right? As, as being something that that uh, uh, on an internet level would be appreciated. Obviously, not in the real world, not in the world outside the internet, but in the internet, clearly one hundred percent solid gold, uh, and posted it right away. Now, immediately that sparked spinoffs and and and, and remixes and so forth. Um, the, the thing is, you let that happen on its own. Uh, sometimes that will work out. Sometimes it won't. Some, you know, a, a, a video, uh, you know, you've heard bad uh, pop before. I, I mean, that's, that's nothing new. I mean, there are, there are amateur pop stars on YouTube, uh, you know, by the bushel. It's really not difficult to stumble on someone who thinks they have talent and has posted a video to YouTube. But what makes that stand out that might not be apparent. That might not be readily available to you to understand, uh, you know, on, on an academic level. But at the same time, it works. You it just, just feel it in your gut. Yeah, it just works. There's just something that is so awful, that is so beyond awful, that, that it turns the tide and becomes amazing. It's just there, there's no way to describe it in words you just see it and you know it. And that clearly happened with Rebecca Black because it took off in such a, such a ridiculous way that clearly there was something that everyone was channeling with that yeah. video. You know what it was? Well, I've, if I may speculate, I think what it was with Rebecca Black 
was there was almost a sense of entitlement in that video. And I don't know Rebecca Black. In fact, I know someone that just met her recently and said she was very nice. But you kind of get the sense from that video that she's the kind of person that you didn't like in high school. So it's kind of fun to laugh at her. Right. I'd say, I mean, I think it has to do a lot with the way that the video was so polished as if to say, I'm uh, a product that is complete. There's nothing to change here. This is something that is ready for you to consume. Nothing has to change. This is perfect as it is, when clearly it was the exact opposite of all of that. By being polished, it actually looked like someone had taken something that was completely unready, what, what should not have been, uh, uh, should not have been turned into anything on the level of professionalism that was seen in that video. Uh, to a certain extent, I would say. But um, essentially, you were looking at somebody who thought, I am, I, I'm ready to go. This, is, you know, this video is what it is. And uh, you know, I'm thinking of myself as a professional uh, when at the same time, uh, clearly, not, clearly not what was actually happening in reality. And that's sort of what pe- people, when they first saw that, they didn't know the whole story behind Arc Music Factory and what really was going on uh, with the people who were running that operation, that they were selling videos to little girls for $4,000, and it was a whole big thing. Uh, and that became the story a little bit later on. But when people saw this, the first thing that grabbed them was that this seemed to be somebody who was so serious about something that was so awful. It's funny to imply that that video is worth that level of effort. Right, exactly, exactly. What have been some of the Daily What's other, like, big scoops? There there have been quite a few over the years. Uh, I I mean, essentially, uh, you know, when, when it comes to viral videos or when it comes to viral images or when it comes to uh, anything basically that the internet latches onto and and turns into a cultural phenomenon. Uh, I mean, that that is so, sort of happens on a daily basis. I mean, any day, uh, any given day, there is that, there's going to be that one video or a couple of videos that really take off and sort of uh, exist uh, for a, a, time, a given time period, say a week, uh, as being the, the videos that have escaped the internet and are now on television or people are talking about it uh, uh, on a larger level, a larger scale. Um, you might end up seeing them on CNN or so forth. Uh, every week you'll see you know, one or two of those videos um, that sort of leaves the medium and goes off and becomes its own thing. Uh, so uh, I'd say on a, on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, uh, you know, the Daily What hits uh, at least a few of those videos in advance of the rush. Um, and so it's, it's really hard to say, you know, it's really hard to, to start rattling off names and, and numbers because it's something that really does happen on a daily basis. Uh, but it, it's, it, again, it, it's hard to know in advance what that might be, which is why uh, you try to cover as much as possible uh, and let the internet work its magic, essentially. Earlier you were saying that there's videos that you yourself don't love, but you feel like you ha- they're going to be big, you have to post them anyway. Is there ever the opposite case where there's something and you just think, this is not going to be popular, no one cares, but I'm going to shove it in their face anyway? You probably don't have to think shove it in their face. That's how I'd handle it. You yeah. are maybe a little more polite, like maybe I'll try serving it to them. I want to shove it in people's faces. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's not a, so much about shoving in people's face, although I do, uh, you know, from time to time I'll get, I'll get just 
randomly aggressive and just post uh, uh, something to just, uh, you know, get on people's nerves because that's what people do online. Uh, you know, that's just part of being on the internet. It's about upsetting as large amount of people as possible. You, you antagonize your audience sometimes. Well, I, I, I mean, well, let's, let's, I, I'll put it this way. I don't set out to antagonize, but at the same time, I recognize that something will antagonize, but I go ahead and do it anyway. Because I think the beauty of the internet is that you don't have to uh, cut corners. You can, you can be honest about uh, the things that you feel you don't have to worry about what people will think. You just put it out there and come what may. And I think that's, that's, the, that's the thing that I love the most about the internet. Sometimes people take it too far. But for the most part, it, it, it creates a storm of ideas. People uh, are you know, brutally honest, but sometimes that's what's necessary. You need to have that brutal honesty. And in, in regular uh, uh, real-life society, People will, you know, will shy away from being that honest uh, for, for, you know, for obvious reasons. But I think there is a lot of honesty. Some of it is just trolling. Some of it is just, is not necessarily honest honesty. It's just honesty for the sake of, of pissing people off. But uh, I think there is a lot of that honesty. And I think that that's what makes the Internet so great. And I think that also helps uh, keep people in line in many ways. Uh, where you're posting something that maybe doesn't appeal to your readers as much, uh, so that helps you close in on things that uh, are are uh, that are more appealing, that will appeal to a larger audience, and that helps you concentrate your content to make it uh, as as general interest as possible, and thereby making your site more successful, essentially. But at the same time, uh, answering your question. Uh, I do take a lot of risks. Uh, that's just the nature of the job. Um, you don't go into every post knowing whether it will be successful. You've played the odds. You've said, uh, I understand that in the past this has worked for, what it, for, for these reasons, uh, and that leads me to believe that this will be successful as well. Then you post, and then you wait. Uh, you, you wait and hope that it, you were correct, Sometimes you're not. Um, but as I said in the beginning, this has been and will always be about me posting things that I find uh, interesting for people to enjoy. Uh, the enjoyment part is up to them. But as far as what I'm concerned with, it's making sure that anything that I post uh, is something that I want to post, uh, and I, I don't always care whether it will be successful or not. That is sort of secondary in my mind to uh, the, the 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 post itself, and whether I want to put my stamp of approval on it, uh, whether I think that that it, that it's post worthy, and I never let anything that I don't think is post worthy onto the site. And uh, related to that, uh, many times. Uh, I end up not posting things that have gone viral because I feel they don't deserve to go viral. And that may surprise a lot of people. Uh, they don't see things on the site sometimes that they've seen elsewhere, and they may wonder why. Uh, the reason is 99% uh, of the time because I simply didn't feel like it deserved to go viral for a number of reasons. It doesn't have to be uh, – it doesn't have to, to specifically – be the content of the of the post or the video or the image or, or what have you. It might be that 
uh, I feel like, uh, uh, just to give you an example, uh, a video this week that went that went very very viral uh, was a uh, a multiple rip, uh, which means that someone had taken a video that someone had posted uh, uh, that someone else had posted and so forth down the line, so that the original video was completely lost and the video that had been uploaded was so grainy uh, and and so blurry which was the result of uh, the, the multiple rips that have gone over time. And, and it was impossible to tell where the video chain started. But I felt that this person didn't deserve whatever ad revenue they would be receiving from, my, from, from the views that they would get because they had taken someone else's video and posted it as their own and did not give proper credit to that person. Uh, and I felt if I, couldn't if I couldn't track down the original video then I wasn't going to post that. And, his, and I have gone out of my way multiple times to post the original video from the original person that posted it because uh, on YouTube, uh, video theft is rampant. You'll see a video that, that is incredibly popular, uh, ripped off, posted uh, by somebody else on an account that's meant specifically to generate ad revenue uh, and for no other reason. Uh, and then the original person who took the time to actually uh, videotape the, 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 the footage and post it online, they get shafted and they get nothing because a larger website will post the ripped video rather than the original one. Uh, so I do take the time to find the original and make sure that the, the proper person gets credit and more importantly, gets the ad revenue from the video. Uh, so somebody needs to be tracking that. Someone needs to be looking at that uh, and making sure that it's on record uh, and that everything is written down. I couldn't agree with you more. This stuff is kind of like, you know, it, it's the news of the day. And what I love about your approach to it is all those other websites we talked about briefly earlier, like Google or Dig or Reddit, you know, they're trying to crowdsource it or maybe there's an algorithm that can figure it out. But you were just like, I'll just look at everything and I'll tell you if it's going to be popular or not. And it seems to be working. Yeah, I mean, you know, the difference between the Daily What and uh, some of the, uh, the aggregating websites like, like Reddit or, or Dig or uh, what uh, Google Plus is trying to do now. Uh, basically, the idea is that uh, these are the things that we're, ta we're, we're talking about. These are the things that, that occupy our day. Um, and, you know, we do have our nine to five, whatever it is that we do, if, you know, uh, um, whatever we do to, to make ends meet. But then there are the things that we talk about with our friends and with our family, and these are the things that, that interest us, and our interests are shifting. Uh, you know, where before uh, you might uh, engross yourself in some sort of collection, a stamp collection, a coin collection, or whatever, but that's, that's what you were doing privately in your room, uh, and, and nobody else was in on it. But now everybody's in on it. All, all 7 billion people are in on it, uh, and that gives you an opportunity to expand on that, see what else uh, is out there beyond your limited collection, beyond whatever it is you were doing in your room privately. Uh, you wanted to share that with others. You wanted to have uh, a place uh, to talk about these things, uh, to be open about your love for, for what, whatever it was that was occupying your time but you didn't have the platform to do it. Now you have the platform, and what The Daily What tries to do is sort of bring people together 
around those areas of interest so that they do have that forum to open up about their their areas of interest that they didn't necessarily have where to go to to discuss previously. That's essentially what it's about. It's a cool mission. Thank you for stepping away from the internet briefly. Skype kind of counts, but thank you for stepping away from the internet for an hour just to kind of explain it to us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Nitsan. That's it for this week's episode. Next week, the long-awaited arrival of Pat Castles on the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. We're going to be doing our summer movie review, and Pat just started playing L.A. Noir, so I'm going to see if we can get him to talk about that a little bit, too. You will know when that episode comes out if you follow my Twitter at Jeff Rubin Show, my blog, which is on Tumblr, like the Daily What, though it's significantly less popular. That's JeffRubin, JeffRubin.com, and, of course, my Facebook fan page. I'll see you guys next week.